You're listening to Jewish Matters with Rabbi Jonathan Feldman. Good evening and welcome to our Jewish Matters podcast tonight. As part of our holiday series, we're talking about Elul, preparing for the high holidays. And there's a scene in Breakfast of Champions by Kurt Vonnegut where Kilgore Trout, one of the main characters in the book, is in a bar and in enters this person. And he doesn't know who he is at first, but then it comes out that the personality who's entered is none other than Kurt Vonnegut Jr., the author of the book. And in the work, Gilgore Trout gets to meet his author, his creator, and talk to him. And in a sense, this is what we are doing for the high holidays. Rosh Hashanah, the day of God's kingship, we're preparing to meet our creator. That's the, the theme. And the rabbis talk about the month of Elul, the month before, as the month of preparation. Elul stands for Ani Dodi Vedodi Li. I am for my beloved and my beloved is for me. And what it means is that it's a time, it's an opportunity where, he, where we have the ability to connect on a spiritual level, to feel more connected, to be able to do more spiritual work. The time of the year is just more propitious for that. It's in the air. It's part of the energy. And the Jews from Eastern Europe talk about how the whole month of Elul, there would be this feeling of awe and trepidation, that the mood would change. And even though it's still summer or the end of summer, it would be the beginning, really, of the month leading up to the high holidays. And part of the problem is that we get to Rosh Hashanah and we get to Yom Kippur, and we have two days of Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, many hours in synagogue, and we kind of get there and, well, what am I supposed to do with all this time? Or the prayers don't seem meaningfully enough. And really, the idea is that we should ideally be spending the month before to be in that right space where those days can really have their proper impact. Uh, just like you run a race, you have to train. So here too, we're having a spiritual marathon and we have to train before in order to be ready, in order to be in spiritual shape. So how do we do that? How do we do the spiritual training? So there's a term in Hebrew called cheshbon hanefesh, which really means spiritual accounting, taking stock. And just like a company, an organization takes off, steps back in order to do strategic planning, in order to see where are we going, where have we come from, and how do we want to get there. So too, that's what we're supposed to do in Elul. And uh, one of the organizations where I worked, uh, I always would say, really, we be, should be taking off an entire block of time, several days, leaving the office, to be able to get in the right headspace, to be able to really look at things objectively. And, uh, of course, we never really did it fully, but, uh, but that's the idea. And this is what Maimonides says. I'd like to read 
what Maimonides talks about in the days leading up to Rosh Hashanah. And by the way, it's not just for Rosh Hashanah. There's an idea in the Torah that every holiday we're supposed to take, 30 days before we're supposed to start studying about the themes of the holiday. It's supposed to be an entire preparatory period uh, before to make the day meaningful. So this is what Maimonides says. This is how he talks about the way we kind of our lives just kind of continue in same old, as we call it. Now, we've been jarred out of our same old by Corona, by the upheavals going on in the United States and really in the entire world. So maybe this year we can have a little more insight in what it means to shake things up and to break out of our routine. But let me still read you what Maimonides says. And by the way, this is my translation, a little more in the vernacular. It says, wake up, you sleepers, from your slumber. Shake yourselves up, you zombies, from being spaced out. Take stock and look at what you're doing and return with improvements to your lives and remember how you came to be here through your Creator. Maimonides says, this is referring to those who forget reality in the elusiveness of time and immerse themselves all year in trivialities and stupidities which serve no purpose and yield no results. Look at yourselves, be introspective, and improve yourself, and be focused in what you do. Reject your negative actions and self-destructive thoughts. This is Maimonides in his Mishneh Torah, The Laws of Tshuva, The Laws of Repentance, Chapter 3, Number 4. You can look it up yourselves. And what Maimonides says is really powerful. What he's basically saying is that life goes on. We just accept our routine. And by the way, have, routine can have a power to it. When we do the same thing, have a structure, we can be very productive. And, uh, but the danger is, the downside is, that we can just plug into it without thinking of where we're going, without asking ourselves, are we going in the right way? And so, once again, talking about um, the holidays are not just a uh, commemoration of an event in the past. The Jewish holidays, we believe that every year we come back to that original energy of the event. And we tap into that energy, and it's there. So it's not that we celebrate Passover because that was the Exodus. Passover is freedom time. That's why the Exodus happened that time of year. So let's look at Rosh Hashanah. What does Rosh Hashanah commemorate? It commemorates the birthday of the world. The shofar is blown, and right after we say, Hayom Harat Olam, today is the birthday, the formation of the world. So if Rosh Hashanah is the birthday of the world, that means every year we come back to the creation and we have the chance to recreate our world. And that's what we're trying to do. Now, there's two modalities of how to do that. One is to fix the things that are broken, what they call retooling, right? When we uh, re 
create new systems and uh, look at what's wrong, look at the mistakes we've made. And that process is what we call tshuva. The other modality is to reimagine ourselves, right? To have a new vision of what we can be, of what we can become, of our potential. That is Rosh Hashanah. So you have these two types of transformation. The Yom Kippur transformation, transformation which is much more uh, micro, looking at actions, working on the six steps of tshuva, which we'll talk about in the coming weeks, the six steps of personal change. Um, and that's needed. And that we're supposed to do in the days working up towards Rosh Hashanah especially since we're told that the rabbis tell us that not only does tshuva get us in a new direction, but it can reverse the effects, it can re-transform our past. It can actually change the past to, instead of being uh, a destructive, negative, energy that we brought into the world, it can transform it into something positive because it's the catalyst, it's the springboard to bring us to improve ourselves. And the second modality is, as we said, to reimagine ourselves. So every Rosh Hashanah, it's called the Day of Judgment. Now, in our society, it's not good to be judgmental. We don't like judgment. We don't like the word. So let's look at it this way. Let's look at it as the day of re-evaluation and the day where we're being evaluated. And like at the strategic planning, every year the CEO will uh, take stock and evaluate who is an asset for the company and who is a liability. And if he feels that the liabilities can be retooled, can be changed around, can be retrained, can be course-corrected, then it's always better to do that, better than retraining new talent. Uh, but if not, then what do they do? They cut off dead weight, right? They get rid of their liabilities. So the idea is that on Rosh Hashanah, even if we have been a liability, we figure out how to become an asset. We come before the Almighty and we, and we show, maybe I've been on the wrong track. I'm ready to course correct. I'm ready to recreate myself. And as we said, Rosh Hashanah, the energy, the, the ability to recreate is all the more available to us. It's, uh, it's in the energy of the time of year. And that's the idea of Elul being our closeness to the Almighty. And there's an idea that if we take a little step, it says, if we open our hearts like the eye of a needle, then we're told that the Almighty will open up like the doors of the sanctuary. Take a small opening and he'll expand it. So if we feel blocked, 
if we feel I've tried before, but it hasn't worked, if we feel how can I overcome my negative habits, if we feel uh, I don't even know where I should be, the point is to engage and to try, to start the process. And it's amazing because if we start the process, we never know where it will lead. And it will lead to new opportunities. We just have to open up the door. That's really what it's about. So how do we do that? Okay. It's very nice to talk beautiful philosophical ideas, to hear Maimonides' words, to uh, get some inspiration. But Judaism, we're very practical. We believe in bringing it back down and finding the steps and the ways to actually accomplish something. So how do we do that? So the recommendation is to divide our spheres of our life into three spheres. And those three spheres are our relationship to ourselves, our relationship to others, and our relationship to the Almighty. Okay? You can almost say a relationship to ourselves is more our psychological and emotional, right? Our relationship to others is our societal dimension. And our relationship to the Almighty is our spiritual. So look at those three areas of our lives, our, uh, our psychological and emotional, our social and our spiritual. And in each of those areas, there are different dimensions we can look at. And uh, I recommend make three columns, self, others, almighty, and just put three or four or five or ten lines and just make a list, just brainstorm. If I could imagine, let's say I could change whatever I wanted. I could wave my magic wand uh, and it would happen. Sky's the limit. What would I want to change? And after we get all that down, and after we have it all kind of lined up in front of us, then circle one thing in each area. Just one. Because part of the problem is that we see every, all the work that's there to be done, and we get overwhelmed by it, and we don't even know where to start. And we kind of feel also like, and this is a really serious issue, we feel like my list is the same as last year's list. And it might be. Except in Judaism, we don't view that we're just in the circle of life, coming back to where we were. Hopefully, it's a spiral. And even though we come back to where we were, hopefully, we come back, but on a higher level. And I once heard this from Rabbi Dr. Abraham Tversky, a noted psychiatrist and Hasidic rabbi. And he said that the issues in our lives, the big ones that we're working on, he said, it's not just like fix it up, holidays come, we're done. He said, we'll probably be working on it our entire lives. No quick fixes. But it's a spiral. Hopefully each time we're a little higher. So choose one point, one area of change in each of these categories, our relationship to ourself, 
to others and to the Almighty. And take one bad habit uh, that we need to change. Take one more positive goal that I want to add to my life. I uh, started studying the page of Talmud a day about with the cycle. I guess it's about six months now. And I've been doing it alone. And in the back of my mind, I always said, well, really, I should have a study partner. So last night, I asked someone I knew, do you want to study together? He said yes. And yes, this morning, we started the first time studying together. New positive development. And uh, just got to do it. A relationship to others. Okay, find a relationship that uh, needs fixing. That uh, the custom is that before the high holidays, we reach out to people and we ask for forgiveness. We uh, try and fix the things that are broken, that are not working. Um, and also try and reach out and add, grow. Say, my special other person. What can I do to bring them happiness? What would they uh, like from me, giving a compliment every day, thanking them for the things they do for us, even the small things. It's the small things that build up and that can make a difference as well. It doesn't have to be enormous life-changing, but try and do it with consistency over the month of El. And a relationship to the Almighty, it could be praying more regularly or adding to our prayers. It could be doing a certain mitzvah that we had in mind to start doing or have done, but not consistently. So these are all areas. Find in each of these three categories one thing we can add on and one thing we can fix. I guess that's two in each. So um, maybe two in each. One thing we can fix and one thing we can add on. That's too much. Just do one in each category. Okay. And, um, and try and hold that and keep the list available. Look at it in a few days because we might have forgotten some of the things, some of the resolutions we made. And then you'll have this to bring with you into Yom Kippur, into Rosh Hashanah as well. And this year, the prayers will probably be shorter and will probably be more, need to be more self-sufficient. In the coming weeks, we will talk about the structure of the prayer and how to make it meaningful for ourselves, meaningful even if we're alone. So, so that's the concrete acts, steps that we can take. Now, if Yom Kippur is fixing the things that are broken and Rosh Hashanah is reimagining the new goals, the new self, being the best I can be, We'll talk about that next week of creating our, that's another brainstorming, which is creating our dream list of what I could be. Okay. The question is this, why shouldn't Yom Kippur come before Rosh Hashanah? If Rosh Hashanah is the day of judgment, or sorry, the day of evaluation, and we're going to be evaluated, shouldn't we first look at what's wrong, fix it, retool it, and then come with our best foot forward. Why do we put Rosh Hashanah before Yom Kippur? It doesn't make sense. Why are we trying to 
set the goals before we have seen the problems. So this is how to look at it. Uh, back to what Maimonides says. We don't even have a perspective on what we're doing wrong. You know, sometimes in business, you know, you try and find peers who are in the same field and share uh, insights because they might be doing something in a totally different way that we never even thought about. So the idea of Rosh Hashanah is to envision things in ourselves that we never even allowed ourselves to. To open up possibilities that we've been closed to. And if we do that, then we'll have a new baseline with which to look at ourselves and we'll have a new insight in the things that need to be fixed. You know, sometimes we let certain relationships with people just kind of degenerate. And we realize, you know, we're not even like feeling the love and we're not even going out on our date night and we're not even, you know, or with a parent, you know, you just start in bickering mode and everything is a conflict. And you have to break out of that negative cycle. How do you do it? By saying, okay, what should it be? How did we get to this place? Before I try and change it, let me envision what it could be. And really try and envision it. Uh, make a, uh, a brainstorming list of all the things I could be, of all my qualities. Of if I was running at the best I could, right, after a tune-up, what would I look like? And once we do that, then we can compare it to ourselves that we are today. And then we can see what needs to be fixed. So Rosh Hashanah needs to come before Yom Kippur because it's the day of creating a new baseline for ourselves, of creating a new vision of ourselves. And we've seen, all seen the, uh, the total remake. So this is a total spiritual remake. That's what we're doing. Okay? So uh, if we try and work on that and uh, use Rosh Hashanah to have an awareness that we can be closer to the Almighty. Use it as an annual strategic planning, taking stock. Wake up from our habits and from our humdrum life just goes on. Fix what is broken. Envision what could be. Make a list of our relationship to ourselves, to others, and to the Almighty. Find one thing in each of those categories that we can start to work on. And it's amazing what can happen. Because if we can change one thing, then we can start to believe in ourselves again. We can start to see the, the possibility of ourselves being different. And it doesn't mean, mean everything will change overnight. But it means we're on a path to growth and change. And that's what Elul is about. So I'll end with the Hasidic Rebbe story. I have to always end with the Hasidic Rebbe story. So the story is of the Rebbe who, uh, you know, there are people who were uh, kind of critical of the Hasidim. So they said, oh, you're Rebbe. You know, you think he's so great. It's the month of Elul and he's coming late to prayer every day. What gives? What's going on? So uh, the followers were, oh, we sure, I'm, I'm sure he has his reasons. So 
the skeptics decided we're going to find out what's really behind, what he's really doing. So they get wake up early before dawn. They don't want to miss him. They want to make sure they get everything that might be happening. And they hide out in front of his house. And sure enough, crack of dawn, still dark out. The door opens. He comes out dressed, not as the Rebbe, but dressed in commoner's clothes. And they say, oh, now it's getting really juicy. And he starts to head through the town and out of the town. Now they're really puzzled. What is going on? And so they come to the outskirts of the town. They see him go into the forest, comes upon a lone cabin in the middle of the forest and goes into the cabin. They peer through the window and there's an older woman lying in the bed, freezing with the big heavy blanket over her, can't even get out of bed. And the Rebbe goes out, goes around the back of the cabin, takes the axe, starts chopping wood, chops up a bundle of wood, carries it into the house, puts it into this pot-bellied stove, lights it, gets the fire going. And uh, the house starts to warm up and the smoke is coming out of the chimney. And then he starts to make his way back, trudges back through the snow, back to town, back to his house, gets changed, washed up, and heads out to the synagogue. And they were shocked. So when the Hasidim saw them again, they said, we told you our Rebbe was in heaven, right? And uh, that's where he was. That's why he's late. He's in great meditations of higher supernal realms. And they asked him, so? And, then, and, the, and the other guys say, well, you know, we actually staked him out to see what exactly was going on. And they said, what did you find? And they said, he's even beyond and above the highest levels of the heavens. And so, this month of Elul, let's find someone we can help, a good deed we can do, feel like we're helping to build the world, and through that be inspired to grow and grow more. Have a good evening.